0: this is Miranda Walker. I'm here with Cammie Venard and Maddie Buchansky. Uh We are the Girls in A.P. Lang and today's episode is The Curious Incident of the Girls in A.P. Lang. Cammie, why don't you tell us what we're talking about this week?
1: This week, the Girls in A.P. Lang read Mark Haddon's The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. In this novel, a dog is murdered and Christopher, the main character who is socially autistic, wants to find out who killed the dog. Maddie, why don't you tell us more about this book?
2: Christopher is a socially autistic, super intelligent 15-year-old. He happens to live with his dad, and he thinks that his mom died of a heart attack earlier in the year. Um, He realizes that Mrs. Shear's dog was killed, and he found Wellington, her dog, right after he was killed, he was stabbed right through with a pitchfork from Mrs. Shear's own shed. The police then came and thought that Christopher killed the dog. Christopher started to get really upset and ended up hitting a police officer He was then taken and put into jail. His dad came to get him out and was very angry that the police officers didn't realize he was autistic, and they arrested him. After Christopher was brought home, his dad told him to stop and stay away from doing anything that involves the death of Wellington. Of course, Christopher did not listen to what his father said and continued to try and find out who killed Wellington. Christopher began to investigate his neighbors and find out that Mrs. Shears and his father had a romantic relationship. Soon after this, he also realizes that Mr. Shears and his mother that disappeared also had a romantic relationship.
0: After finding out this information, Christopher included it in the book and shared it with his teacher. However, he hid the information from his father and told white lies to keep his father from knowing that he continued writing the book and investigating the case of the dog. One day, Christopher accidentally left the book open on the counter and his father found it. He picked it up, read the whole thing, and became furious. He demanded that Christopher stop questioning the neighbors and stop writing the book at all. He took the book from him, but Christopher found loopholes in his demands. While his father was out of the house, Christopher tried to look for the book, but instead he found various letters addressed to him. The most interesting thing is Christopher never received this mail, and the dates on the letters range from very recently to just after his mom supposedly died. His curiosity got the best of him and Christopher opened some of these letters. Eventually through reading, Christopher discovered that these letters were from his mom and she was not dead like his father told him. In a state of of shock and despair, Christopher threw up and passed out. When his father found him in the state with the letters surrounding him, he immediately apologized and admitted to lying to him. He explained that he was only trying to protect himself and Christopher from the pain of cheating. Additionally, in the midst of his confession, his father admitted to killing Wellington as revenge for Mrs. Shears because she abandoned them.
1: After Christopher realizes his father had lied, he ran away from home and he embarks on a long journey to London to go see his mother. He had to navigate the train station and escape from the police during his trip. He even had to dodge a train after almost getting ran over. Finally, he had arrived at his mother's flat in London, and she was so shocked. She was very happy about Christopher's arrival, but this surprise had strained Christopher's mother and Mr. Shears' relationship greatly. After much arguing, Christopher's mother decided to leave Mr. Shears and return to Swindon with her son, where they both belong. Christopher and his mom move into a new flat, and they started repairing their relationship with Christopher's dad. The novel finally comes to an end, with Christopher finishing his novel, passing his A-level tests, and attending a university in another town. Now, we're going to talk about our favorite parts of the book. So my favorite part was when Christopher's dad admitting to, admitted to killing Wellington. Oh my, me too. Because it was a pivotal part of the novel in my opinion because it finally solved Christopher's mystery but it still had a lot of the story left to share the rest of Christopher's adventure in his life
0: yeah exactly like the that kind of like told us that the main topic of the book was gonna change because we thought that it was just gonna be a murder mystery novel and you find out who killed the dog at the end like a lot of other murder mysteries but after we found out that the father killed it there was still over half of the book left and we knew that the story was completely gonna change I agree yeah, yeah. I like that it changed to like an adventure novel because mm-hmm. like all the funny parts of him like traveling and like with the police and yeah, that was my favorite part too cammy I agree.
2: My favorite part was actually very different from Miranda and cammy's because my favorite part was when Christopher was hiding in the cabinet um, in the train when the police officer was supposed to be um, watching him and the police officer lost sight of him and walked right past him and didn't even see him and he was literally hiding in a cabinet. Oh, yeah, that was a good part, too, because all the people,
0: a lot of people kept checking on them to, like, get their luggage and some, like, the short conversations and, like, interactions that we saw between him and other people, like, it was funny, and it showed a bit of his character and how he acts in social situations.
1: And it was funny how he just, like, saw people go in and out of the bathroom because he, they had no idea he was there, and he was just judging yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, everyone, now we have an ad read. So today's episode is sponsored by Home Depot's new Pitchfork Model 5. We are so grateful, Home Depot, thank you.
0: This new and improved Pitchfork has five extra sharp spikes that can easily
2: (laughs) impale anything, even a dog's neck. You can purchase this Pitchfork for four down payments of only $9.99, sold exclusively at Home Depot for murdering
1: or gardening, this pitchfork's for you, Hey.
0: The next segment that we're going to talk about is the rhetorical choices that had made to achieve the purpose and the novel. Um, initially, we believed that the main purpose was to inform us over the murder mystery, but throughout reading, we saw that it was more to make us form a bond with main character Christopher. And this can be seen through the type of diction and his word choice throughout the novel. So first of all, um, Haddon includes a lot of facts and t- statistics because that's the way that Christopher communicates with others. He's not able, he doesn't show emotion a lot and he's very like into math and data. And so he includes a lot of that. Mm -hmm.
1: and it also includes a lot of pathos because it while it seems like christopher like doesn't show a lot of emotion because he really doesn't like the book is still sharing how he feels and how he like can feel Mm -hmm. and it also ties back to the author's main purpose because of how christopher like the purpose is for us to form a bond with Christopher even mm-hmm. though Christopher wouldn't be able to form a bond with us mm-hmm.
0: yeah that makes sense it's like evoking sympathy because he can't feel those emotions or he doesn't know how to like show that he does like how he doesn't hug his father and he does like the hand thing that was like confusing at first but it towards the end of the book we saw it more as like sweet mm-hmm. and like a sign of love and affection mm-hmm. when he's unable to show that other ways
2: yeah you can see that he shows emotion in different ways because he's autistic and um he still has emotions but he just obviously shows them differently than like another person would and how he likes um like you can see the book connects with like a lot of statistics because that's how that's that's what what he he understands yeah yeah
0: that's what he loves (laughs)
1: Okay, so next we're going to talk about the overall structure of the book, because the stru- the way this novel is structured is actually pretty interesting, and there's a lot to talk about. So, as those who have read the novel know, Mark Haddon wrote this novel from Christopher's point of view, and in doing so, he accurately portrayed the writing style of a boy with autism, and so the book has a few quirks to the way it's structured, starting with how all of the chapters are not numbered chronologically one two three they're actually numbered by prime numbers because that's just what christopher prefers and understands better
0: yeah true it kind of it was weird and hard to get used to at first but i realized like it showed more of like who he is as a character and it portrays him as unique like how labeling the chapters weird is also unique Mm-hmm
1: and the chapters were also extremely short in my opinion mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and they would just like stop and pick up on the same page like it was like he was almost making a list but numbering yeah. it by prime numbers because he loves yeah.
0: lists that's, mm-hmm. yeah that's the yeah, observation cammy and also okay. it wasn't like in sections it was just continuous chapter after chapter like some books they'll have like sections like introduction
2: like verse mm-hmm. yeah, or whatever and they didn't have titles either they were just the yeah no numbers.
0: titles just
1: yeah numbers. and also like speaking of how he likes lists a lot um in every chapter almost there was at least one list or one chart of just what he would make in his spare time he would include like in his chapters which i thought was pretty cool because it showed us like how he thinks sort For of sure. like into his mind
0: Yeah, the chapters kept switching from, like, what was happening in that moment to, like, a different topic that he was interested in, such as math subjects or the Sherlock Holmes, and it often connected back to what was happening. Like, when he spoke about the Sherlock Holmes, it was connecting back to the murder mystery that he was writing himself.
1: And speaking of Sherlock Holmes, if you've ever read a Sherlock Holmes novel, you can tell how, like, the writing style is kind of similar to that those kind of novels in this book, mm-hmm. because that was like Christopher's main inspiration to it's write this book and yeah. his favorite, and you can definitely see it being reflected in his own writing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought it was very interesting how um, Haddon used a lot of red on his cover because that was like Christopher's favorite color, yeah. And it connects like back to the book when you think about it. And then also on the back cover, there's. Um, two like yellow cars and he didn't like that color so it shows like the connection between good and bad and like how much of a struggle like things can be but there's also good that Christopher can find in things
0: oh yeah for sure because red was like his lucky color kind Mm -hmm. of like how a lot of little Mm -hmm. kids have like their favorite color but like Christopher just carries it throughout his life and it's to like more of an extreme He like lets it like facilitate his daily life and it definitely, like, on the front, on the cover, how it was, like, all red, it, like, it didn't mean anything at first, but when we got to the back and we saw, like, the yellow cars, we know that it means that there was challenges or struggles, like, within the story itself.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can also kind of look at it as the red is overpowering the yellow, oh, yeah, so the definitely. good overpowers the yeah. bad in life mm-hmm. and in his life.
0: Yeah, and maybe, like, how at the end, the good will overcome, like, his strained relationship with his father and it'll be okay in the end so that maybe makes us hopeful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because colors have a lot of impact
1: yeah Yeah. it was definitely symbolizing a lot
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. our next segment is about our predictions for christopher's future or how a second book that connects to this one would go i think personally that in another book you would see a lot um about christopher's relationship with his dad and how it would change i mean i don't know if it would ever be back to where it was before but i think christopher would definitely gain some of that trust back and also i think you would see um how he took like his a levels and he passed the test i think you would see a lot about his future and like what kind of career he would want to go into and like how he would do in school
1: I agree with you. I think that it would really show a lot of how Christopher is going to excel in school and maybe get a good job and things like that. But I also think that it'll show a lot of his relationship with his dad. But more importantly, I think it would show Christopher's parents' relationship more. Because his dad is also trying to reconnect his relationship even just as a friendship with... Christopher's mom and I think that if there were a second book, um, it would at least be entertaining if Christopher's parents tried to get back together maybe. And mm, yeah. like as a couple. I could see that. And I think that might happen. Mm
0: -hmm. That would be cool to see how, like, Christopher views it and how he views his, like, parents' love for each other. If he can understand it. I feel
1: like it would definitely be confusing. Yeah, and, like, understand
0: their friendship.
1: But it might make for a
0: good story. It would. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. So, my prediction, I want to see a happy book and a happy ending. So, I would love to see him, like, excel in his university and, like, meet his Mm -hmm. dreams of, like becoming an astronaut and like going with nasa and going in space because yeah. that'd be so cool yeah. that probably would not happen but those are the types of book i no, like to but read. definitely a success story yes yeah. exactly because we are like emotionally invested in christopher and we want to see him thrive and yeah. do the best
2: Altogether, the plot, structure, and the author's rhetoric helps to convey the author's purpose, which is to make readers form a connection with Christopher, even though he is unable to form connections and care for others himself. We see you next week when the girls in A.P. Lang discuss The Great Gatsby. Bye. Bye!